This is the Truth Booth, and I am your host, Gordon Tamayo. Welcome to the spot where we go head to head with some of the most difficult conversations. We're talking about the type that sometimes can't even be discussed at the dinner table. We're not welcome in the institutional setting, or maybe can't even be discussed with the best friend. Everything from spirituality, sexuality, religion, politics, music, culture, family, and so much more. Get ready for some uncut and raw conversation that helps us get to the truth of the matter because we believe that the truth will set you free. Let's get it. Who am I? And what am I on this planet to do? What do we model ourselves after? That's kind of what I want to get into today. And I brought a friend of mine on the line, David, to talk about this. Really, we're just kind of free-flowing. This is what's been pressing right now on the heart and mind to discuss as I believe that so many struggle in this particular area, hence the reason why we have a plethora of books that are written on the topic of purpose and how it ties into an identity. And really what I want to get into here, David, I want to talk about identity theft. Yes, sir. We talk about how many of us, we we put our identity in a bunch of different things, and we can talk about that being race, we can talk about that being a career, we can talk about that being uh, a bank account status, um, you know, how fat your bank account is, right? Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of things, right, that we've, we've, we've positioned um, as a place in our lives that can help identify who we are, as, in attempts, I should say, for us to get some answers with who we are. But could it be that we've been sold a bill of goods, that that picturesque image that we see woven on television or that picture that's woven in lyrics on music, maybe that's been a facade. Maybe that's not really how it's supposed to be. And maybe we've traded our positions as sons or daughters of the most high for a nine to five, for Mm -hmm. a fat bank account, for, you know, a pretty spouse, you name it. That's what I want to get into. And so I want to bring it back though, to the place that most of us began to make sense of an identity and that's in our parents i mean would you agree with that yeah um definitely um with um growing up uh everyone has different uh household structure um my experiences i'd imagine are a little bit different than yours but Mm -hmm. you know looking at uh the family members that were the most um, important most influential in my life um, I certainly can identify uh, those specific people and how I take from each one um, the things that have kind of um, in some ways molded me um, into who I am today. So I certainly understand that identity a lot of times is uh, it starts in the home. It starts with the parents or whoever um, is your caregiver um, as you grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's making me think of also those that don't that don't have parents let's say or didn't grow up with parents right like to your point they're going to gravitate towards the most influential figure or example that's in their lives Um, many years ago i had some buddies that they were they were gangbangers and so some of them didn't have dads growing up but they looked at the veterans as their example of what a dad should be like and and so they're they're set that they claimed like that became the marker of who they were just supposed to be destined to be at all costs and so they kind of had a sense of understanding of this loyalty factor 
um, to who it is that you're you're really supposed to be identifying yourself with, but it, it was kind of a little warped, I would say. And that gets me thinking for, for most of us, like we, we have this connection or we have this uh, sense of loyalty towards something. And sometimes that's a skin color, right? Yes. Sometimes that's a, a job um, or sometimes that's tied to a particular person. And that ends up becoming, I guess, a false sense sometimes of mm-hmm. who we're supposed to be because no matter what we compare it up against, it falls short to God himself. And that's kind of the point that I'm getting at, that God is the the only one we should be modeling ourselves after as far as who we're supposed to be like. Now, he does give us people on the planet, right? Yes, but, 100%. But it's hard, man. <laughs> it's hard to find people, would you say, right, that... um. That you can say, hey, I'd like to model myself after this particular person. Yes. Um, you know, whether that's even a, a mentor that you might have that's pretty close or somebody that's led you, like the truth is, is that we're just all fallible. Right? 100%. You know, because obviously the scripture says that um, we shouldn't look up to men. Um, we shouldn't be men pleasers. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, as you notice in, in the Bible, the Lord used men. He used uh, people that he could uh, use as a vessel to spread the gospel, um, and he was speaking through men. So obviously these uh, these examples in the Bible, um, and, and I guess kind of touching into the word, um, whenever I read um, it's First Corinthians chapter ten, uh, it gives it gives examples of of people in the Bible that had experienced different things. Right. Mm-hmm. And it actually gets to a place to where it says that these were examples. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about having an identity in certain people or having influencers or people we look up to, those things can go one way or the other. Like you just detailed, like, I guess when we we start talking about scripture too, I, I pulled up a verse here. I did want to share it because um, it really, really speaks to how God views us, mm-hmm. right? So First Peter two nine, it says here, "But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession." that you may be declared the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Like that's a whole lot that's packed up into there, right? I don't think many of us have sat on that long enough to really like contemplate what it is that he's he's outlining for us there. You know, we're talking about uh, a people, right, that's special, that's peculiar, yes. that's designed in, in his image, right? That he crafted and, and meant and purposed to be his forever. And so we can go we can go on for oh, a yeah. while on that piece right there. Yes, that's where then we start getting into predestination, which is mm-hmm. uh, a, a much deeper conversation. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I'm thinking like if we really understood like the the standard that's kind of been set in that place right there where he's saying that Hey, this is who you are, and when you settle for other things that are not in this particular arena, then you're settling for something very subpar. Yes. Very outside of what I had purposed and intended you to be from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it continually comes back and points to where are you getting your identity from then, 
Yes. Right? Like yes. we're walking um, day to day in, in these lives and we're trying to make sense out of things. And many times, obviously, you know, the first place that we go to is a person, is people, right? Or mm-hmm. is the closest thing to us. Yes. But it's always going to make us fall short. It's always going to not give us the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Of what we're really looking for. Not that we always, not that we're going to get the full picture anyways. Um, right? The norm is when you have an issue, when you have something come up, you lean on the people that you know well. You lean on your comrades, your friends, your family, your confidants to be able to bring you through certain circumstances and situation. And again, it, it's not that that isn't... Um, a practice that's okay. I think we still have to have avenues and people in our lives that are like-minded to be able to encourage us, right? Mm-hmm. But what the out of the norm and what the world doesn't encourage you to do is to get on your knees and, and get into prayer mm-hmm. and into worship and into your Bibles, which 100% has everything you need. Every situation and every circumstance you could think of. Like, I've heard people say, well, the Bible is outdated because it isn't relevant to these times. Well, the scripture says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Mm -hmm. right? Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. He's already seen it happen. Yeah. So whenever you you might be able to pull up a circumstance or a situation that isn't exactly what that says but it does speak to the spirit of that or it might speak to a circumstance similar to that so there is nothing under the sun that the word doesn't speak to and that's mm-hmm. why we have to lean so heavily on the word of god yeah. 100% yeah, but un- unless something happens, like it's it's hard for somebody that's listening to be willing to accept that when something hasn't happened to compel you into that direction, to spearhead yourself into that direction, right? Revelation. Yeah, um, or humility in some places, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, hey, you <laughs> know what? Revelation comes through humility, Yeah, right? It can, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it, it reminds me that like no matter what, we're going to constantly chase after something. Right, because we're wired to like have answers. We're wired to get answers to these tough questions about yes. who we are. Yes, and so that's why we constantly see it being chased after in, um, in, in false religion and all these other gods. Right, that again, nothing new under the sun. They were doing this thousands of years ago, chasing after Molech or whatever god you want to throw on, on the table here 100%. to talk about. And yes. and we see that resurfacing even in today's day and age where people look to that in their gifts. They look that into that in their craft. They look into that with the relationships that they have. And ultimately, all that stuff is going to fade, right? All that stuff is going to eventually slip away. It uh, reminds me, and why would we put ourselves in a position of putting our complete trust, our complete identity into things, into objects that are eventually going to fade away, rot, or die, right? In, in one sense, it doesn't quite make sense, but from another standpoint, I understand why we do it because we're looking for an answer. And sometimes you just go with whatever is, 
is most easily most easily accessible to you. Would you agree? One hundred percent. And and without diving deeper into that specific topic um, of of being followers of the trends and the things of the world, mm-hmm. you're right. It it is easy to lean on your own understanding because that is what we have done from the beginning of time. We understand that no matter what, going back to the beginning, we have always, always wanted to lean on our knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Our our skills. Uh, but at the yeah. same time, you're right. We are always seeking answers. That's why we're going into space. That's why we're doing all the things that we're doing and 100% aren't intended to. There's so much that we want to know, but I know that the Lord doesn't want us to know because it's too much for us to even fathom. Yeah. Too much for us to fathom. Yeah. No, I, I would agree, man. Our peanut-sized brains, they can't handle the majority of, of of truth that's out there. And that's why I think we're gradually fed it, you know, as we yes. submit ourselves to God, as yes. we, you know, gain humility and uh, we begin to rely on him more and more. He begins to drop a little bit more on us. And that's because I think we can begin to handle it a little bit more after that. I would say until that point comes, like by default then, just like by default, we're all born into sin. And by default, we're all headed for destruction. Yep. And until that veil is ripped away and Jesus reveals himself and the Father to someone and, and gives them that identity of sonship that is eternal, then by default, our identity is found in Satan himself, I would say. Mm. Because that's the only model that we have, and he might disguise it as another person that's being idolized, a career, um, again, a fat bank account, you know, yeah. a, a fly wife, whatever you want to dub it. But unless it's God himself that is that person... Yeah, that you're modeling everything after, then by default, I would say we're kind of duped into modeling it after the enemy himself. Am I am I going too far on a limb by saying no, that? Do you think? I don't I don't think so. Um, because again, the devil is very cunning. He's very slick. He's very smart. Again, intellectual. We're talking about somebody that truly, truly understands how to manipulate and trick people so again this world is not of god this is the devil's world Mm -hmm. so if you aren't shaping yourself after jesus christ if that is not your example of what you are aiming for then you are aiming for something that's devilish and it's inadvertent Mm -hmm. 100 it's not it may not be intentional at all but if you're not careful, right, if you're not diligent, if you're not into your word, you 100% can be steered wrong. Yeah. And a couple of things that I'm, I'm thinking about right now, there is a, a couple of verses in John 8, 34 to 36. Okay. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Mm. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And so, again, by, by default, we're all enslaved to our sin. Mm-hmm. We're all blindsided by this. But the, the hope in that is that, like, it doesn't have to be that way forever. Like, we can, we can find truth and we can find who we truly are 
by choosing to submit and turn over to God himself, mm -hmm. who desires for that to be the case. I mean, he desires for us to abide with him forever, which is a, a pretty big inheritance, I would say. It's a pretty big promise. And if, if that is the case and someone is transformed mm -hmm. by the power of God and God is indwelling inside of that person, then along those lines, he would never want to be separated from himself, which means he would never want you to be separated from him as well. And when I'm thinking about that, David, I'm thinking like, wow, like once he deposits his spirit inside of me and we become one, right? It's impossible for anything to separate me from the love of God. Mm. He doesn't want to be separated from me, right? Because he abides in me, be separating from himself in in, in some sense. Yeah. And what an in incredible guarantee, what an incredible promise that he's given us. Why wouldn't we want to take that up? But the flesh, man, that flesh of ours is is that heart is desperately wicked. So you said a second ago that that essentially when we submit ourselves and we give our lives to the Lord that we he obviously doesn't want enmity between us. He wants us close to him. Yeah. Our identity is the conversation we're having here mm -hmm. is in him. Yeah. And I was thinking about why you were saying that, how when I got saved, how much so much changed for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So. I went home. I So real quick, without taking up too much of our time here, I got saved and, at, you know, I was in a situation where I wanted my daughter, my oldest daughter, to be able to be close to her mom and then also for me to be closer to my family as well. Um, and coincidentally, it worked out that me, my uh, daughter, my oldest daughter, Aaliyah, and then her mother was actually in Houston, Texas, and where that's where my mom was as well. And long story short, what I realized is, is that a lot of the things that I was taught, a lot of the things that I thought was who I was, mm -hmm. weren't that at all. Mm -hmm. Like it almost felt like I wasn't even a part of my family. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, uh, my mother is a wonderful woman. You know, she raised me you know, the best she could. And growing up, I was involved in church. You know, um, yeah. I was, you know, I grew up seven day Adventist, full disclosure. You know, I, you know, to TV goes off Friday night, ain't no TV, mm -hmm. ain't no work, ain't nothing. You go to church, you know what I'm saying? And then the, by the next night is when you're able to continue your life. But mm -hmm. um, where I'm really going with this point is, is that you realize how much of the things that you learned, how mm -hmm. much of the things that you know, you're getting those things are almost undone. Like it's almost like those things were never even supposed to be a part of who you were. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if you look at there's this thing circulating around about the 40 days. I don't know if you've seen this deal, but it was talking about how it, you know, 40 days, um, you know, of. um um, was it 40, 40 years Moses was in uh, Egypt or mm -hmm. he 40 years of him unlearning mm -hmm. everything that yeah. he had learned. Right. And it took that for him to even be able to 
be used mm-hmm. by the Lord. Right. And I'm sitting here like I'm 34 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. And all these things that I had learned, all these things that I identified with these this culture, these heritages, mm-hmm. these things that we just think are so important. Yeah. You realize how minimalistic it really is and how important the word of God becomes for your life and how that is truly a transformational process. Yeah, that's a huge conversation in and of itself. I mean, but it was laid out in that verse in 1 Peter 2, 9, where it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I'm reminded of that as as you're discussing this because all the other things that you're you're outlining to that point is inconsequential when you put it in perspective of I am in him and I am a I am a chosen race and a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? Christianity is a people. And I think that's that needs to be said right off the bat. First of all, Christianity is a people. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a religion. It's not a religion at all. It's a people. It's a people that, that his spirit is within. And that is what defines a Christian. And obviously we can go into yes. a bunch of other things behind that. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying on that, man, that all these things that we, we tie ourselves and identify ourselves with, I mean, politics go in that pot right, oh right with that. Because how many people identify with a particular political party and all of a sudden that is shaping everything that they think about, they say, the relationships they have, et cetera. Yes. And we can so easily do that with, you know, you repping a particular set if if you're banging or, you know, you have a particular skin color. There's all these things that they have significance, but I believe that we've allowed them to become something that divides us more so than what unites us together and that's where the problem comes from or that's where part of the dilemma is at is that our perspective is shifted in the wrong in the wrong space or our our eyesight's in the wrong spot i should say Mm -hmm. Um, but coming back full circle here our identity should be completely found in god he's the only one that never changes Mm -hmm. he's not man that he should lie right he is the one that knows the whole playbook he knows the whole manual he knows everything that's playing out completely he's the only one that can really guide us and show us who we are and what we're supposed to be who we're supposed to be i should say because you know going back to the initial statement we were talking about when we kicked this off um, even in a career how easy it is for us to use that and identify that as like our our whole purpose on this planet and you know, I'd like to say something a friend of mine says, he might say it a little bit different than this, but your function will always come from your identity, but it's not your identity. And that's why we're so dysfunctional. It's not because, it's because we are not operating out of our identity, we're operating out of our function. Mm. And so if if you find your identity and you know what your identity is, the natural byproduct of that is going to be all these other things. It's yes. going to be the vocation, the function, right? Like what you're doing. But when we have that out of order, that's why we always come up a little bit dissatisfied. Mm. And we end up chasing that next job, that, yep. ne- that next career, that yep. next relationship, that next uh, goal, that next project, that next business, et cetera. You know, we can go on and on. It's because we haven't claimed our identity in God. And the only time that we're going to find our purpose is when we do reclaim our identity in God. 
And as, as a brother of mine says, if you, if you know him, it's impossible not to know your purpose. Like, you will come closer. You don't have it all figured out. I don't want to make it sound like of course not. you got of course all, not. All, the, all the answers to everything. That's not what I'm getting at. But I am saying that when you, when you understand that your identity is as a son or as a daughter in God, that the other stuff will come. 100%. It'll come. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll get little nudges right here and there about what you're supposed to do or you know, where you're supposed to go, etc. But above everything else, it, it's not as important as your position as a, a son or as a daughter of God. And so that's kind of where I want to, I'm going to cap that off with. Um, I want to leave any listeners with that thought in mind that if your if your identity has been placed in anything, a person, a job, a position, a career, uh, a, a bank account, whatever, we're always going to end up empty-handed. We're always going to end up a little bit unsatisfied because it was never meant to be that way to begin with. Our identity was meant to be found in the one who handcrafted us from before the foundation of the earth. And so that's my encouragement to you today. If, if you haven't found that yet, if you haven't discovered what that is, then I plead with you and I encourage you to submit yourself and to humble yourself before God and to ask him to reveal himself to you.